재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 It's time again for our weekly spotlight on interesting people in Seoul. Sometimes we talk to people who reside here in Korea or have come back from abroad. And uh, sometimes we just talk about people that are passing through. First, before we get to that, I want to ask you, what would you do if you found out you had a twin that you'd never known? Would you be excited? Would you dismiss the idea and disbelieve? Or perhaps you would film a documentary about meeting that person. Our guests today did just that. They are here in Korea to tell the story and to promote the documentary. One of the twins is Samantha Futterman and the co-director of the documentary, Ryan Miyamoto, are right next to me. Welcome to Koreascape, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. It's great to have you here. Uh, I read somewhere that this is a story that could not have happened without the Internet. Um, Samantha, just summarize this amazing thing that happened to you. So one day I was getting ready for a film film premiere in L.A. and I got a message on Facebook that says, Hi, my name is Anais. I'm French. I live in London. I saw you on YouTube, looked up your name, saw we have the same birthday. We were both adopted in South Korea. I grew up in Paris, France. I was thinking, um, don't freak out, but maybe we're twins. (laughs) (laughs) And when she sent you a message, you saw her her profile on that uh, site, right? Yeah. Her photograph. So um, what did that look like? I mean... I thought it was a picture of myself, actually. Really? Yeah, we looked exactly the same. And then, I, you know, I clicked in a little bit and, and started searching her because of, you know, catfish and the Manti Teo thing that was going on in the States. Right, right. Catfish is when somebody pretends to be somebody they're not and they yeah. build this whole story and fish you in, basically. Yeah. And you thought maybe that might be happening here. She said, don't freak out. But did you freak out? I didn't freak out. I think I got... well. In an excited way, in like a really positive, like, oh my gosh, this is going to be crazy. Something crazy is about to happen, but good crazy. Good crazy. You were in L.A. You were working as an actress, correct? Uh So you kind of had this media and film and TV mentality. So you had the the presence of mind to pick up a camera and start documenting the process, right? Yeah. Ryan, how did you get uh, into this process? So I came um, after the Kickstarter um, was launched. Um, when they needed a, a DP, they called upon my friend Yamato Saboko, who they worked with in Hawaii, okay. and asked them, oh, we need a DP. Who can you recommend? They recommended me. We Skyped, and I flew out like the next week. Wow. So you, before you had even met Anais, you started a Kickstarter mm-hmm. uh, to generate crowdfunding for this thing. You really knew early on that you wanted to document this in a serious way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was documenting at first for my own personal use so I could say, oh my gosh, I have to remember this insane moment in my life. Uh And then it was about less than two weeks where I turned to my sister and said, you know, do you want to actually share our story? And she kind of had the same idea. She said, yes, definitely. And we made the decision and kind of then figured out how to take the steps to actually fully document it. Mm -hmm. Did you feel sure in your heart before you got scientific evidence that this was your sister? I did. I, I really, I really did believe that she was my twin, but you know, I didn't want to be let down and have all of my joy and excitement be taken away from me. So I kind of kept a little bit, um, a little tiny little chip on my shoulder just mm-hmm. to say like, well, maybe it's not true. A little bit of skepticism, yeah. healthy skepticism. At what point, how much talking did you do with your sister before you decided, okay, we got to meet up personally? Uh, oh my gosh, we talked every day. I think the only time we weren't talking was when we were sleeping. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Skyping, talking. But when we Skype, it's hard because we'll stay on there for two, three hours at a time. So, um, What kind of stuff do you talk about with this person who has lived a completely separate and different life? 
anything. We'll talk about the day. We'll talk about TV shows. We were talking about, um, I guess, the insanity of the situation and what our friends and family were thinking a lot of the time. But to be honest, sometimes we were just sitting there hanging out almost, not even saying anything. Yeah. There were hours and hours of footage of them doing that. <laughs> oh, <just. laughs> Nothing. So you, just, that. you just rolled on the Skype conversations for a long time. Yeah. You rolled camera on the Skype conversations. Oh, she recorded it off her own computer. On my computer, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, what approach did you take? Ryan, uh, you kind of came in as the external voice here, uh, somebody who's not as deeply connected personally to the issue. Um, what kind of approach did you use with this documentary? Uh, you didn't build up to sort of like a surprise ending that they're twins. You you kind of reveal that early on. Mm-hmm. What kind of storytelling method did you bring? So the main thing that Sam and I were talking about before we really started getting to the whole production, the whole shooting process, that we just wanted to tell the truth. We didn't try to manipulate any situations. We didn't try to overcomplicate any things. We just had the camera on and we just recorded things that we, you know, we just record like a fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. Just keep rolling and rolling and rolling and we'll sort it out later. Mm-hmm. Kind of in the sense, we just were trying to capture moments behind the scenes mm-hmm. and just let their let their emotions play out as they should and not try to make it like a reality TV show or anything like that. Got it. Was the emotional graph up and down? I mean, it's obviously a joyous moment to suspect that you've got this sister and that you found her. But there must come at certain moments a little bitterness or a little bit of disappointment that you've missed so many years with her, right? It depends. I mean, my sister has, a, I guess, a, um, a more complicated emotional tie to adoption than I did. I, I, I'm very cheerful a lot of the time, and I have a very positive outlook on adoption, where my sister, on the other hand, um, has has felt abandoned as an adoptee and over the course of time and through our our relationship and through her coming to Korea she's been able to I guess um heal those wounds a bit and so we we follow a lot of her journey throughout throughout the process but when we were doing it it was hard to say because we didn't know what was going to happen yet. Uh-huh. so yeah we were trying to express um her journey especially with with the adoption process what was it like when you uh conveyed this to your adoptive family uh, that that we were that you found twins. a sister, a biological sister out there, and that you were interested in going out and finding her. Oh my gosh, they were so excited. They were excited. Yeah, really excited. My yeah, I was so happy. My dad was so happy. He was like, once he saw the baby picture, he said, "Nope, you're twins. That's it. I'm so happy. I have another daughter." And my brother Andrew, he was like, "Okay, just let's do the DNA test." He, he didn't want my dad to get hurt. He just said, "You know, calm down, Dad. We don't know if it's true. We don't know if it's true." Yeah. So. Have you met each other's adoptive families? Yes, yes. We spent. They all came for Thanksgiving. It was so fun. Both families were together for Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even one of her cousin and and his husband and everything from from Chicago. They even came in, and they're French, and they came in to New York. And her parents came into New York. Her boyfriend, everything. <laughs> were you there, Ryan? At I Thanksgiving? was there. My my family went also. No kidding. Yeah. We had to rent tables. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like a huge gathering. It's starting to get. What's the conversation like around that Thanksgiving table? Oh my gosh, everything. A lot. Well, a lot of football, of course. Yeah. They're talking about football a lot of the time. Okay, that's all. That always breaks the ice, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, we played a big football game actually before, so Ryan was in it, and he's only wa- a water sport guy. You know, he's from Hawaii, so oh, okay. he had to play land sports. I, and, I'm not good at any of those. Yeah. <laughs> and our French uh, Anis's French boyfriend, he was playing football too, so it was really good. It was really fun. What's Anais like? She's 
uh, like me, I guess. <laughs> Personality-wise, are you similar? Yeah, similar, but we do have our differences. You know, she grew up in France, so um, the way people deal with things is, is quite different, uh-huh. I think. Um, she's really loving, and she's a lot more well-mannered than I am, I would oh, really? say. Yeah. yeah. She's, you know, she's very French. She's been taught to be very, very polite and well-mannered, especially at the table where I'm more boisterous and talk about farting and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, we'll stay off that topic here. But, uh, Ryan, how much uh, did Anais cooperate in this uh, production? She she actually cooperated a lot. Um, there, was, there was times that we had to turn off the camera just because it was hard for her, it was hard for her, especially in Korea, to figure out when it was friend time and when it was filming time because... Sam, myself, and um, Kano are all friends, so we would be working, 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 then have fun, then work, work, work. So yeah. she didn't know where the line, where the line, um, where the line was, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that was probably the hardest part. But other than that, she she was fully on board. There must be times when you feel like you're sort of uh, slipping down the rabbit hole into reality TV mode. You know, did the fact that the cameras were rolling pretty much all the time ever affect you? Like, oh, we've got a moment here. I'm gonna I'm gonna goose it up a little bit. No, no. I don't think it was that. Um, it, we were really comfortable, and of course, we're all friends, too. And Ryan's an incredible cinematographer, so he would almost disappear, really like a fly on the wall, like disappear in, into the distance. I think for my sister, it was she was so frustrated because she couldn't express how she felt right away. She needed like a few hours to process what was even happening mm-hmm. and and you know Ryan would be like how do you feel right now and she's like I I don't know mm-hmm. and it, I, I said to her well that's okay because that's how you feel you don't know how you feel and she's like oh yeah okay I don't know what I was thinking so it was um it wasn't necessarily that we were trying to make anything happen that that was the hard part it was it was actually it was a personal how do I process even what's going on the moment when you first were in the same room together was that at the airport or where was that it was at an airbnb we had rented in london okay yeah and so she came over uh, after school and she came right over uh, to the apartment that first 10 seconds what was that like so awkward you didn't so say anything awkward. no we were standing there giggling and she she went like this poke <laughs> <laughs> just a little poke on the shoulder yeah and i had a laughing fit i don't know what was going on in my brain i was feeling every emotion that i could ever possibly feel in my entire life at once oh my god yeah have you followed similar paths in life you back in la are an actress right mm-hmm. um and what does anais do she is a fashion designer specializing in small leather accessories okay so you guys are both kind of into the glamorous life a little bit yeah well similar yeah we both take creative paths and and uh, see where it goes mine's more outgoing and hers is more an introverted i guess kind of path uh-huh uh you must have had reams and reams and reams of shot choices and moment choices how did you decide what to cut out what to leave well we basically we we pretty much put in almost we sat down with Maybe you better at it. <laughs> um, well, you know, having so many hours and again, a lot of nothing. A lot of nothing. <laughs> like a lot of nothing that was happening. So, um, Kanoa, who's our one of my best friend and our one of our producers, we sat down and wrote down every single thing that we had shot, and we slowly took out the stuff that didn't express any of the journey. <laughs> so, if we're just eating and nothing was happening, then we took it out. But if there was a moment when we were eating and um, there was a really joyous part of that that really expressed um that part of the journey then we left it in Hmm. so um it was kind of that trying to figure out what 
what exactly we want to say. And again, with Anis's journey as an adoptee and our journey together, we wanted to make sure that all of that was there. There's a couple things we weren't allowed to film, and we wish we had been there that day filming and stuff like that. But um, I think everything that we really wanted to, to put in there was in there. Did the crowdfunding thing work out? Did you have the, the resources you needed to make the film? Yeah, yeah. We, we made, how much did we make, like 100? 100,000. 100,000, yeah. really? So that's a lot of support. Did Do you have any idea what kind of profile of person supported you? Were, I would imagine perhaps other adoptees might have uh, connected with this film. Yeah, a lot of other adoptees, um, Asian-American people, twins, um, anyone who had a sister mm-hmm. and had mm-hmm. loved them, um, really people from all over the world, too. I mean, we were sending gifts to Korea, China, the Philippines, to Thailand, Mm. um, a lot in the U.K., a lot in France, and all over the States. What were your goodies that you rewarded your contributors with? Um, My sister designed a T-shirt, well, a couple T-shirts, in fact. Um, We have some digital downloads of the film, um, some signed postcards, and then uh, one of the backers, they would get um, postcards officially personalized by my sister and I from everywhere that we had went mm. in that course of time because we were, you know, L.A., New York, London, Korea, Paris wow. as well. 100000 bucks. So that's how many contributors uh, chipped in, roughly? 2500 is that right? Yeah. Just Around 2500 Really, quite generous. Generous yeah. support. Yeah, yeah. Lots really of good. People. Yeah. Lots of people. And what happens so often with these crowdfundings is you develop this community of people that, you know, you have back and forth with so you can uh, address them directly and there's sort of a baked-in audience for your mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Now you're promoting it. Uh, where have you been so far? You've obviously been to Korea. Here we are now. Yeah. Um, where else? Uh, well, we premiered last year at South by Southwest, 2015. Oh, okay. So okay. that was really fun. Um, L.A., New York. Uh, we went up to San Francisco and did a special screening there. Mm-hmm. So um, in the States, we're on Netflix, and it's all out there. And so a lot of people are, are seeing it, luckily, that way. And we get a lot of outreach, mostly on the Internet, which yeah. is really cool. What kind of feedback are you getting? Surprisingly positive. Here, too, in Korea. Yeah, really, really positive, which we're happy about. People are being um, touched or moved to connect further with their own families, which is really meaningful for us. As you probably know by now, I mean, the adoptee community, particularly here in Korea, they have a fairly distinct uh, worldview. Mm -hmm. Some of them are not really pleased with the circumstances that led them to be put up for adoption in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're kind of uh, active in society. Uh, have you connected with that community? Have you adopted any of those kind of views? Well, I so I developed my own uh, adoptee organization called the Kindred Foundation for Adoption, and it's an American NGO. And we aim to be the ultimate resource uh, for adoption to bind all of those small communities together. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone, I, I personally um, stay non-active when it comes to, you know, governmental policies and all of that kind of stuff. I'm more in the realm of socio-emotional support to um, kind of trend towards positivity about adoption. So that's kind of my outlook. But um, I totally understand and I love that people are taking action and trying to further um, further the policies for adoption to make it better for adoptees. Um, but, you know, we it's it's easy to forget that Korea, we're so lucky because there is a post-adoption structure and not every country has that and that's what I've been learning a lot, that we are so lucky to even have records. Um, most other places in the world, China, South America, even domestically in the U.S., uh, mm-hmm. the chances for them to find any biological information is slim to none. Yeah. So we're, we're quite lucky in Korea to actually have anything at all. You have been trying 
to reach out to the biological mother. Yes. Uh, how has that been? You've not yet connected with her. No, no, we have not yet successfully connected. It's been about three years since we reached out. Um, but, you know, we still have a lot of hope in our heart, and we don't know what her situation is. To Do you know, you don't know who she is or where she is, right? Or do you? Um, we have a general idea, I guess, and, and we've tried to reach out to her, mm. um, and, and there was uh, to no response, and she said, you know, you have the wrong person. And so we're... We don't understand what her situation is. Maybe it's not safe for her to say it was her mm. or whatever it is. And we want to respect um, her feelings as well because it's not just about us. Yeah, of course. So um, we're, we're hoping that with a lot of positivity and maybe more um, change in the social attitude towards adoption, that maybe she'll have the courage or um, bravery to come out one day and we'll have that really wonderful experience to meet her. And there's your sequel. <laughs> I don't know. I, she, you know, just getting her to speak first and then getting her on camera would be uh, a, a good second thing. So, uh, what's the status of uh, you and uh, Anais at this point? Are you, uh, you know, just going to go and visit each other once a year, say what's up, or uh, how <laughs> we are you? Hate going? each other. Yeah. We're not friends. There it's must, only for the camera. Have you discovered everything about her that you wanted to discover? You've spent these hours and hours and hours skyping. Yeah. Um, is there, you know, you're, you're going to go on with your lives, of course. Um, yeah. How often are you going to see her? We see each other, luckily, um, no, it, it goes no longer than four months. So we get to see each other quite often. And because of the film, and we wrote a book in the States as well that's also in Korea, um, you know, we get to see each other a lot to promote. But I think the next thing that we want to do is no new friends, no work, <laughs> no interviews, just us together hanging out, I don't know, on a beach somewhere with margaritas just so we can have sister time. Yeah, we a trip do get together a would be real nice. Yeah, somewhere where we don't have to, no family ob- obligations for that day or anything. We just want to hang out. I think that's the next step. But, but we're, I'm going to film it though, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need a telephoto lens. I'm up on the hill. You both are going back to LA, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, some movies get made in that town. And uh, <laughs> if somebody were to approach you and say, we'd like the rights to this and make a feature film, a fictionalized kind of film, how would you feel about that? I think it would be really exciting. And uh, I hope it would be, um, I don't know, I, it's it's fun to be able to base something off of a, an exciting story and see where else it could have been imagined. Because there's so many other ways that our story could have gone. So I guess it would be cool to see someone else's take on it. We've told our story and we've told it how we wanted it to, thanks to Kickstarter and thanks mm-hmm. to our documentary team. So I can only imagine what other people have thought. That'd mm-hmm. be kind of cool. Only if Ryan gets to direct, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Samantha Futterman is one half of a newly discovered pair of twins she discovered over Facebook. Anais, her sister, lives in France. Ryan Miyamoto is co-director of the documentary Twinsters, which is available pretty much everywhere and on Netflix. It's been real fun talking to you. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank Thank you you so much. much. Cannot wait to see that Twinsters documentary. That is going to be so cool. I was really glad I had a chance to talk to those two. And that's going to bring today's show to a close. Koreascape is produced by Christina Saul. Associate production handled by Jamie Lee. GP1 is our writer. I'm Kurt Asian. 
If you enjoyed the show, please do consider following us on Facebook or Twitter. If you are not already, we'll keep you up to date with the handle Koreascape, one word on both of those platforms. And a couple of little programming notes before we go for the day. TBS EFM's new season begins this Monday. And exactly one week from today, we'll be taking the wraps off of Talking Tourism, our new Friday feature, all about real insider travel and exploration in 2016. If you are a weekend listener, you'll be familiar with our monthly special, which airs on the last Saturday of every month and will continue to do so. If you'd like to participate, you absolutely can. Here's how. Simply email us at koreascape at gmail.com. Give us your name and your contact info, and we will be in touch with you. Another exciting new addition to TBS's lineup in this upcoming season will be the quiz show The Cube. It's set to air Sundays at noon and will feature listeners just like yourself. Anyone can participate in that program as well. Just email tbscube, that's Q-U-B-E, at gmail.com, tbsqube at gmail.com, with your name and your contact info. Careerscape is back tomorrow at 9 a.m. You can tune in for our second installment of our series, Made in Korea. We'll have an Australian take on Korean food and its global popularity. That's our three-part March Planet Korea series, Made in Korea. We will see you then.